Good evening, church. Uh, a couple things, I got my hands full here. Uh, a couple things to go over tonight, and excuse my voice, I'm battling sinus, crud, and allergies, and uh, it's not fun. <laughs> Say, not fun? 
So I'm right there with you if you're battling those allergies as well. Uh, we really do believe that we are better together in groups, and uh, we want you to get connected in a group. Uh, the Zoom group has started a new study called The End of Me uh, this past Tuesday, and the books are in. So if you are in that group, uh, we've got the books right over here in the office. Uh, so just find me afterwards uh, if you would like to join that group and get a book. Uh, I do want to say thank you to everyone that donated uh, for our cereal this uh past couple weeks. Uh, We delivered those on Wednesday, uh, had a a handful of volunteers with us that uh, went and did that. Some of you here tonight, thank you all for doing that. Uh, We did get a letter, handwritten letter, uh, thank you letter from the people at the food pantry, and uh, it's nice to be nice. Amen. Uh, So we donated probably around over $500 worth of cereal altogether between uh, cereal boxes and their value, as well as check and cash. And a really funny thing that happened, uh, we were loading up the cereal in cars, and a couple of AutoZone employees were outside. And uh, they said, what are you doing? And we told them what we were doing, and one of them pulled out a $50 bill and gave it. And so, uh, really cool, really cool moment. So, uh, the impact that we have, just something like cereal, um, the impact spreads. Say spreads? It spreads, and it is global. And uh, we're going to talk about that um, a little bit tonight uh, with uh, how God is global. I do want to talk about how our annual picnic is happening Sunday, October 29th. Uh, We have decided, and I'm very excited for this, uh, the and the menu for, I'm sorry, I'm excited. The menu for that Sunday is uh, Raisin Cane's Chicken Tenders, uh, my favorite. I'm so excited for that. Uh, but we're going to have some rolls and drinks provided by the church, and we're asking uh, last names A through L to bring a side, last names M through Z to bring a dessert. Uh, if you can join us for that, uh, that'd be awesome. We are going to have some fun activities, uh, some bingo and other games are going to do if you want to stick around um, after we eat together. That'll be a fun afternoon of fellowship. Starting this weekend, uh, you'll notice we don't have cereal over here anymore, but we do have a table and a bucket over here uh, for our trick-or-treat outreach. Uh, We are partnering with Hunt Brothers Pizza. Uh, They are donating 80 large pizzas uh, to give out for free. And uh, if we run out or something and we need to go buy more, uh, we will. (laughs) But uh, here's a couple ways you can help. Uh, You can help by giving to the uh, Tide Jug, uh, cash or check, and uh, that will go to cover other pizzas if we would need, and also candy. Uh, We are taking up candy. If you want to drop it in that bucket over there, uh, you'll have a couple weeks before Halloween to do that. Uh, Just go to Walmart, get you a couple bags, and bring them in there. Uh, Super easy. Another thing you can do is we have this table over here. Uh, with a sign-up sheet with time slots. So if you want to volunteer, there's 30-minute time slots. A couple people I saw earlier this week that were in the building, a couple of them circled a couple. One of them just circled the entire time. So uh, you can do either one. If you can only make 30 minutes of your time to do that, that's fine. But if you're planning on staying the whole time, just circle the whole thing. Uh, But just put your name there and your phone number, and uh, we will get in touch with you uh, when to set up and uh, things like that. Uh, We're in a series called Forward Thinking. We're talking about being different and uh, say different. We're talking about how being different in this world, this world is very different from the things that we value, the things that we believe. And uh, we need to push some of that into this world, into this dark world and uh, be Jesus's hand and feet and be his light. So we're talking about being different today and uh, we're going to get started here a second. Before we do that, I'd like to pray. Would you bow with me, please? 
Father, right now I pray uh, for tonight's message. I pray for Bobby as he brings forth a message about being different. And it is true that we do really need to be different once we have this relationship with you, like we talked about last week, uh, that we need to do something about it. And it, it causes us to be different. You call us to do different things in this world. And I pray that tonight's message, we would feel challenged and those online uh, would also feel challenged that we could go out and to just make a difference in this world and to be different because you tell us to. God, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, welcome and thank you for joining us from the book of Ephesians chapter 4. If you want to go there, that's what we're going to look at. And we are talking about uh, what it looks like to be different in a God kind of way. And it really is uh, best illustrated by people who are willing to go the extra mile. So Journey's good at that. You guys who are Journey family and uh, do that all the time like giving away boxes of cereal or just trying to be nice to other people. We had a birthday uh, today. It's Terry's birthday, and we had a cake on the coffee bar, and people uh, sang happy birthday as he walked in, and it is nice. It's nice that we go the extra mile, set a few balloons up in the room, and recognize that everybody matters, people matter most, and it really is something that we want to do. And it's something that Jesus wants us to do, and it really does make the greatest impact in the world when we choose to be different, because not everybody goes out of their way and goes the extra mile to be nice and kind to everyone. And when you see it happen, you really recognize it, and it does make an impact. Let me read this illustration that's a pretty old story that I've saved for many years, but I'm telling you, the things that the the things that people call as normal are, are we, it's not enough just to be a regular normal person. We've got to be different in a God kind of way, and sometimes it gets kind of hard to do that. So here's my little story, Mark. I have a friend named Mark. Mark was the kind of guy that you love to hate. He wore wingtip shoes and a brown corduroy sports coat. He played chess during lunch. He submitted his research paper on 16th century Huguenots. He did this for publication uh, in his history journals while still in school. And he debated the science teacher about the obscure facts in their textbook. He was a really smart guy. He was very, very academic. And so you can begin to understand and get a picture of this guy named Mark who dressed differently, and he was quite academic. You began to get a picture of somebody that you might have described as some kind of a nerd, somebody that's a geek, somebody that knows too much, and everybody figured that Mark was going to be the valedictorian in their high school and go off and attend some fancy big-name university and make a big name for himself, a Nobel 
peace prize or something might happen in his life in the future, but the real problem is that didn't ever happen to, to Mark, the guy I'm describing. In his junior year in high school, Mark got kind of tired of everybody thinking that he was different, that he dressed different, he got different grades than everybody else, and he, he really got tired of not having a lot of friends to hang around with, friends to joke with, so he got, he got this idea that he just wanted to be a regular guy like everybody else, and in his mind, regular meant that that was like smoking and drinking and cussing and cars and girls and all that kind of stuff that other people did. So during Mark's senior year, he kind of lost interest in his academic grades in school and the future, and uh, he kind of got lost. Nobody really heard from him for quite a long time, and when somebody ran into Mark later after high school, he was selling snow cones for 45 cents at a snack bar somewhere. He'd kind of given up on his dreams and ambitions and really lost himself in the process and trying to be somebody that was different, but not in a God kind of way, but different like our culture. There is a difference, and we have to decide which way are we going to tilt. You might be different, but are you different in a God kind of way, or are you just trying to be different from your family or your church or what God teaches us in the Bible? Write this down if you're taking notes. There is a danger sometimes for all of us that we attempt to try to be regular and just end up being average and mediocre because that seems to be where all the friends are so ephesians chapter 4 i'm going to look at these uh, verses tonight with you and we really are going to understand i hope by reading this passage together that god wants us to be different not regular or average or mediocre but he wants us to be his kind of different and brian just a moment ago mentioned the verse that probably we remember a lot that Jesus gave himself in his own words in Matthew 5, that we are supposed to be different like salt of the earth and light of the world. We are supposed to be very different in a God kind of way. And so let me give you three ideas here. They all start with C about how Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians as he's writing to first century Jesus followers who are just regular people some days, like you and I, they're not Jesus, they don't get it right all the time, and they kind of just blend in like a chameleon with all of their friends, and they don't look a lot different from people who don't go to church. Sometimes Paul's writing to people who go to church that aren't much different, those that don't go to church. And so he's trying to encourage us, and he's trying to encourage them in the church at Ephesus that you should be unique, and you should be different in a God kind of way, and it begins like this with the first C. How do I do that? How do I begin being the salt of the earth and light of the world? It begins that we make this clean cut, which is hard to do, with our past. So this is all about forward thinking. How do I get better thoughts and how do I get past my past? And how do I become someone who is different in a God kind of way, not just average, mediocre, blending in with the culture around me, it starts with this. You've got to somehow ask God to help you make a clean cut with the past life that you were living before Jesus. And that's going to mean you're going to end up changing friends. You're going to take some of the people that are in your phone 
and your contacts, they're not going to be in your phone any longer. Because if you really want to be different in a God kind of way, the Bible tells us and Paul tells the church here in Ephesians chapter 4 that you're going to have to make a cut with those people, cut clean cut with some of the people that really aren't helping you. Can I give you a tip? Go see the movie The Blind. Go see it. It's out. They've, they've held it over one more week in theaters. It's on Netflix now if you want to pay 20 bucks for it. But Phil Robertson and the Duck Dynasty family have got a movie. And he honestly, he's not a movie star. They're not movie actors. They have actors. But they're using the story of Phil Robertson, who was a drunk, basically, he was a college star. He was going to have an NFL career as a quarterback. He knows Terry Bradshaw as a personal friend, but he uh, he was a drunk, and he was ruining himself and his kids and his marriage and his life until the preacher told him, the only thing that you've got left is you've got to die. He looked at him. The preacher walked in a bar. The preacher had a suit and tie on, and everybody else in the place was drinking a Budweiser and whatever else they could find, and uh, they looked really out of place. But I'm telling you, go see the movie. And Phil Robertson said, when that preacher looked at me and said, you got to die, he said, let's go. And he took him to the river, and the old man named Phil Robertson died in the bottom of that river. And he says, I ain't going back. And the rest of his story is the rest of the movie. You got to go see it for yourself. How do I become different? You got to die, Buster. You got to make a clean cut. Not just I'm going to cut off an arm or a hand or an eye. You got to die to the old person that you used to be. And you got to leave him in the bottom of somebody's river. So here's how it reads. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17. So I tell you this, Paul says, and I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live like you used to, like the Gentiles, like our friends or family before Jesus, the people that you used to run around with on Friday night and go to places that were not places that were any good, and the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance. Sometimes we're stubborn, unwilling to change. We've taken a stupid pill and we won't stop taking it. We're just stuck. Uh, that is in them. This is ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. The longer that you resist God and changing and dying to yourself, the old person that you used to be, the more difficult it will be for you to escape. Verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality. Your life will just get worse and worse and worse and darker, and the lights are going to go out. You are to be the light of the world. You're going to lose God's light in your heart and soul if you don't make a clean cut with the past. You'll just be average, normal, mediocre like everyone else so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and have a continual lust for more. More sin, have an, a greater appetite, 
and uh, it just wants more. The more you feed the sin appetite, the more it wants. Verse 20, you, however, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. That's not how you met Jesus. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, in the Bible. You were taught with regard to your old way of life, former way of life, to put your old self away. So we have to do that. We have to ask God to help us do that. And if we're not doing that, then we really haven't made any change or transformation in the past. We're not thinking forward. We're still stuck in our past. Even if we went to church, even if we got baptized, if you haven't started this, letting the old guy die, leaving him in the bottom of some river somewhere, uh, it is the only step that we take to start with. It's our choice, which being corrupted our old self by its deceitful desires. So he begins the story in chapter 4, verse 17, telling us how we've got to uh, make, we've got to cut ties. We've got to make some kind of changes in our life that really do matter. And he's talking to people just like us. He's talking to people in Ephesus and it in a community where every weekend it was uh, kind of like, uh, you know, a place where everybody in Vegas wanted to get together or maybe South Beach uh, for spring break or fall break. Everybody wanted to get together and have a great time. And the next thing you know, everybody's just living it up. And they're living like the people of the world. And it has all kinds of negative consequences for people trying to be different. So instead of being the light of the world and the salt of the earth, we just look like everybody else who doesn't know Jesus, and we say we do. And Paul says, that's not going to work. Look at verse 17 again, chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, just look at it on the screen or look at your phone in the notes. Verse 17, Paul says, church, listen, guys, I'm not kidding you here. It's time that we clean some things up. It's time to clean it up like you got some scruffy old beard that... Uh, our old habits begin to reappear like whiskers overnight. Some of our old habits before Jesus, they pop up before we realize it. Verse 18, the Apostle Paul gets even more detailed, and he says, some people let themselves go so far that their minds get darkened. Now, what's that mean? That you let your beard go, your whiskers go, your old habits go, you start to look scruffy all over again in your spiritual life, until eventually, verse 18, your minds become darkened. Well, Paul describes that our sin, the old guy of sin, if we let that creep back in like old whiskers on our face, the, accumul the, the accumulative effect is kind of like, like what we describe in Kentucky or places that have snow. It's where snow begins to stack up and pile up in the driveway. And if it gets deep enough, you can't even find the bottom. And that's what happens when our minds get darkened. It starts with just a little bit, but then it gets deeper and deeper that our old habit life creeps back in. And all of us are just people. We're not Jesus. And Paul says uh, we, we all will do stuff, and, and stuff will do stuff to us till it piles up, and pretty soon we lose the ability to have any feeling at all. It's like being outside on a cold day, and you end up getting numb. You're just numb to your bad choices and habit life that you used to have, but you were supposed to die to and make a cut from the past, make a clean cut with our friends and our, our activities that we used to practice, lying and stealing and addictions and hatred and bitterness. It could be a lot of different habits that were not good. 
And the longer that we stand out there in our sin life, like standing in the cold, the number we get. And that's what happens. We harden our heart, and it's like watching cement dry. And once that, once you're stuck, buddy, you are really stuck like uh, my foot got stuck in the cement. The Greek word here for hardened is porosis, from where we have the word in English petrified. And so our feelings and emotions and our sin choices after we have darkened our mind and thinking because uh, it's become numb to us, we, we become insensitive and we have calluses on our heart that we no longer feel the way that we used to feel about God and about people and about things that are important. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. After all of this occurs. Verse 19, I'm sorry. The desire for more will never be satisfied. And uh, that's kind of where we find ourselves sometimes when we reject God and we stay away from people and small groups or whenever we do things where we're trying to just uh, be our old self again, we end up, instead of being different in a God kind of way, we just end up like everyone else. Uh, not very healthy, not very happy. You and I, every Jesus follower, every Christian can be different, but if we don't make better choices and make a cut with our past and make it pretty clear and obvious, we end up being just like everybody else. And uh, pretty soon our lights go out, our spiritual lights. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Put that, put that verse up there. Pretty soon every Christian can choose to be different by following Jesus, but if we don't, our heart does darken and our heart grows cold. And it's not easy when you get in that situation. But you are a chosen people. You are different in a God kind of way. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So we've got to make a clean cut with our past, guys. Forward thinking is choose better friends. Choose better friends. Listen to other people who they too are trying to get past their past and think forward and uh, makes all the difference in the world. Here's the second thing. First thing is make a clean cut with the past. And the second thing is we've got to make a total complete, I said complete, we've got to, we've got to make this total commitment to our new way of life. It starts out pretty good that we're all enthused, but uh, it isn't as easy as, like I said, pushing an easy button and it's just automatic. How can I tell? I can usually tell, and you can too, whether or not you've made a full, total commitment. Last weekend, I asked this question. Are you loyal to God or not? I know what you're loyal to because you're doing a lot of stuff you're loyal to. But are you really loyal to God and his church and his mission? If you're not able to make a clear cut with your past, and if you're not able to make a total, complete commitment to your new way of life, your light's going to dim. Your Jesus light's going to get weaker. It is true. We've got to learn to give away stuff. 
That's how you begin to find out if I'm really loyal to God. Are you willing to give away your time and your talent and your treasure to God and his mission and purpose on earth? In your town, in your community, in your church, where you work, in your house, in your family, with your kids, with your grandkids. Are you willing to be totally loyal and committed, a complete commitment to God, whatever it takes? That's how you have forward thoughts and get past your past. Clear cut with the past. Forward thinking is I've, I'm a different person. I'm not who I used to be. The old man is in the bottom of the river, and I'm not going back there. Phil Robertson tells in the movie that his beer-drinking buddies come and got him every Friday night, and they did the same thing every Friday night. They stayed drunk all weekend. He finally ran a bar. Phil Robertson said, I took all the kids to the bar. My wife was working at the bar, and we all just stayed drunk at the bar. He said, but when I buried my old man at the bottom of the river because the preacher told me to, he says, I wasn't going back. He said, my friends who I used to go drink with called me and said, hey, we're going to come pick you up. Let's go. And he says, I ain't going with you. I ain't going no more. I don't want to see you anymore. I'm not going to talk. I'm I'm done with that life. That guy's dead. That guy's in the bottom of the river. And he said, I'm not going back again. You got to pick different friends, guys. You got to pick different people. You got to pick a different life if you really want to think forward and get past your past. Look at verse 23, 24, Ephesians chapter 4. So that you can be made new in the attitude of your minds you got to make a clean cut with your past and make a complete commitment to your new way of life and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Our old way of living and thinking and breathing and walking and talking was mostly selfish. It's true. So was I. Without Jesus, most of us are pretty selfish. It's about what we like. And that's the way it gets. And sometimes it's just uh, more and more of that. So getting past our past and our narcissistic kind of attitudes about getting my way or else, it doesn't work very good. Not, not with God or with people. And you're just like everybody else in the neighborhood then. You're like everybody else at work, everybody else that you know who's just for themselves. More cash, more cash, newer cars, more clubs, whatever money can buy me. And we're just self-absorbed about ourselves, not, not for others or not for God, but it's really about us. So you might jot this down. To be Christ-like is to value the things that he values. What is it that God values? What does he value? People. People matter most. Say amen. amen. You guys got really quiet, but it is true. Most of all, God values people, and it's the truth. And we've, we've got to care so much about people that we're willing to talk to them about things they really don't want to talk to us about. You start bringing up church and God and all kinds of those things, 
Phil Robertson said, the reason that I made this movie, it's very embarrassing. I shared all my past when I was drunk, and I, I really didn't deserve anything from God at all. He said, the reason that I've done it, he said, is I want to help somebody else realize that if I'm redeemable and God can give me hope, nobody's hopeless. And so that's our mission. If you found yourself at Journey Church tonight, and if you find yourself watching me tonight online and somehow this resonates with you, like, you know, I'm not really sure I am loyal to God. I'm like everybody else I know. I go to church whenever it's convenient. I don't give much money there. I'm not even sure I ever give any money. If you're like everybody else, you're just a regular, normal person, and you're just doing your own thing that you enjoy, and what I've said so far makes you maybe think for a moment, like, you know, what's that all about? You're not lost. You're not hopeless forever. Everybody is redeemable. But we have to tell other people that. You have to tell your friends what they're missing by demonstrating what you found. If you're no different from them, they're not going to listen to anything you're going to say. If you're not any different than the other people around you, if you found Jesus and you found a home and you found a family, then you've got to tell them. That Jesus says no one's hopeless, no matter, no matter how bad it is. And that you've got to help them understand who Jesus is. Think like Jesus, man. Value what Jesus values. Don't just follow them around and talk about, you know, trivial stuff that doesn't really matter. But if you're with other people who don't know Jesus, your mission is to help them know Jesus. Amen? That's where we've got to go with this conversation. If you're really forward-thinking. Verse 22, look at that again. Verse 22, it was before Jesus we were selfish. We were selfish. I want to have fun. If I bring up church, if I bring up God, if I bring up baptism, if I bring up something like that, they're not going to want me to come back. I'm not going to be in the party anymore. If we, before Jesus, we were selfish so we didn't say anything. But after Jesus, we've got a brand new purpose. And we start to value people, even people that are out drinking and partying and being crazy like we used to. But we care so much because people matter most that we're willing to say things that's even hard to say, even, even difficult sometimes. You know the truth? <laughs> we stink at this. It doesn't come easy, guys, unless Jesus help us do it. You can't share this kind of stuff with other people. Well, you feel, I feel like I'm going to get rejected. I'm going to lose a friend. Yeah, you probably will. But the mission is to love people like Jesus loves people. Unless you tell them the truth, unless you help them understand that you once were the same kind of person. But you left that guy at the bottom of some river somewhere, and they need to do the same. Until we purge ourselves of selfishness and flush it, like we've been detoxed with more Jesus, we're not going to get there with helping our friends or family or people that we love understand that God really is for everybody. That's the, that's the mission we're on. We're supposed to be helping everybody learn that God is for everybody. Not everybody knows, but we have to tell them. So it starts with us. Forward thinking, getting past our past, spending our time, talent, and resources means giving up some of our weekends for worship instead of other things that we could do. 
and uh, it means that we start treating people a lot better than we did before we became a Jesus follower, treating everybody a whole lot better than we did before we became a Jesus follower. God really is for everybody. Well, they're all mixed up, but so were we. So we have to somehow make a cut with our past, make a commitment to this new life and person that God wants us to be, and then we try to take on his mission by telling all the other lost people that we know I'm not going back uh, Friday night and get in the truck with you guys, but I tell you what, I want to sit down and talk to you about something that really matters. Can I tell you what happened to me? And that's number three. That's the last C. Once we start doing that, your life begins to evolve and grow every day. It's a continued Christ-likeness. It's not I got baptized, and that's as far as I got 10 years ago, and I'm not any different than I was 10 years ago. That's wrong. That's broke. That's bogus. But once you do this thing with God's mission, then you see every single day that you're continuing to become more like Christ, and that's going to continue for the rest of your life until you get home to heaven. Let me finish this chapter, chapter 4. Verse 25, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger do not let sin... Do not let sin go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Amen? Work on it every day, guys. Work on your new version of who you are. Make a clean cut with your past. Make a, make a real commitment to your new mission with God to talk to people. And uh, keep working on it every single day. We have, even after our conversion to Jesus, we're still, we still have flaws. We still have areas of our life where we're defective even after Jesus we're going to have stumbles we make stumbles and mistakes nobody's going to get it right all the time because we're not Jesus and it's the truth it's hard to do but God is helping us don't give up it's sometimes like trying to clean an old dirty carpet man how many times have you sprayed that carpet cleaner and that spot in that carpet just keeps coming through again you thought it was gone I thought I had got that stain out of that carpet, and now it, there it is again. That's how our sin life is. It pops up again. It looks like ugly as sin, and it happens to all of us because we're not Jesus. But you got to keep working on that, that you get rid of the spots and stains and the sin in our life that used to be there. We're forgiven, and that's taken care of because of Jesus on the cross. But our holiness and righteousness is like having clean carpet. Buddy, do you look like somebody that's ready to go to heaven or you got a bunch of oil stains, sin stains all over your carpet, which is your life? 
Here's how the message paraphrase reads Romans chapter 7. Let me read it to you. I know that all of God's commands are spiritual, but I'm not. Paul says, I'm not very spiritual. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm full of myself. After all, I spent a long time in sin's prison. What I didn't understand and don't understand about myself is that I decide one way and then act another, doing things I absolutely despise. The power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions. I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to be bad, and then I I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in the delight. Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. Say amen? Yeah, that is the honest to goodness truth. Let me finish it. Verse 24 and 25. I've tried everything, Paul says, and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? Verse 25, the answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I am pulled by the influence of sin to do something that's totally different. Amen? Praise be to God that he doesn't leave us to ourselves, and he lends us a hand. Who can rescue me from this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? One day I'm good, the next day I'm bad. Five minutes I'm on the right track, and the next five minutes I'm not. Yeah, that is the struggle that we're in. Make a clean cut with the past. Make a complete commitment to your mission for God to tell people that Jesus is for them and bury them in the river, the bottom of the river, the old man of sin they used to be, and then you work on it yourself like all the dirty stains in the life I've lived. I'm trying to clean them up and then God's going to help me and it's not ever over. And I have grace and mercy and forgiveness and you can too. So before I wrap this up and we take communion, let me give you five trouble spots for getting past our past that Paul summarizes here in chapter 4. Five trouble spots jot this down. Because all of us got these spots on the carpet of our life more often than we want to admit. Five trouble spots for forward thinking, some actions. Stay away from falsehood, verse 25. Be a truth teller. No matter what it costs, don't you tell a half truth. Don't you look at your wife or husband and tell them a half truth. Don't you look at God and say some kind of half story. Don't tell your boss. Don't tell anybody that you know. Stay away from. That's a trap. That's a trouble spot for us getting rid of stains in our life. Stay away from telling some kind of partial truth. Here's the second one. Don't, don't let anger get out of control. Deal with unresolved anger. Don't go to bed mad about something, mad at somebody. 
clear things up. That's a trouble spot. If you hang on to anger, you're going to be in trouble. Number three, put away thievery. If you're a crook, then quit taking something that's not yours. If you steal pencils from the office, quit doing it. I'm just saying whatever it is, don't do that anymore. Get a job. Get your own money. Quit taking money from your parents. Quit taking income where it's not intended. Verse 28, 25, 26, 27. Here's number, here's number four. Stay away from bad language. Stay away. Change your language. Man, it took me a long time to deal with that one because I had bad language. But I tell you what, to stop that, that's a stain that you don't want back. Stop using bad language. Here's number five. Don't be so grumpy. Don't be such, such a grump. You ought to be full of joy because God saved your life and your hide and you didn't deserve a lick of that. You should have got a licking. Amen? Quit being so daggone grumpy. That's a mistake too. That's a stain. Put a smile on your face. We were just talking before the birthday party tonight. We were. We were just talking about how the first person that you meet, you ought to pay them twice as much money as you pay them. Probably it's the janitor. The first person you meet when you walk into a building, if they've got a smile on their face, you need to pay them twice or whatever it is that you pay them because they set the tone for everything behind the door. Amen? They're happy. If they got a smile on your face, you're going to be happy too. So straighten up, buddy. Quit being so grumpy. <laughs> I'm telling you, no wonder people don't want to come to church. No wonder they don't want to come to your house and your barbecue. Don't be so grumpy. Life is lumpy. Don't be grumpy. It's the truth. Here's the bottom line. It can be a wonderful life if you know what you're looking for. How about that? Amen? Are you really looking for the right stuff? It can be a wonderful life if you're looking for what God's looking for, for you and for everybody else. We're going to take communion, and I think Eric's going to help us pass communion tonight, the trays. And life can be wonderful when you know Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and life. Kids are going to come back in and sit down. We're going to take communion. Come on in, guys. Eric, go ahead and give everybody a cup there, the double cup, if you don't mind. Thank you, sir. But you guys, as he's passing you guys the cup, look at me for a second before he puts it in your mouth. Life can be a wonderful place, a wonderful thing to enjoy when we know what to look for. John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way. Are you certain about that? Are you convinced that you are choosing Jesus as the way to the wonderful life that you desire until you decide that he is your priority until you decide that he is your life I am the way the truth and the life if he's down the list about six or seven spots you haven't figured that out yet the wonderful life's not going to be yours yet Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life. And when we get to that point where we have made a clean cut with our past and we've made a complete commitment to his mission on earth for us to tell other people that God is for everybody and, and when we have continually decided that we're, we're going to keep working on 
a better version of ourselves, then we're getting somewhere. I've got one. Thanks, Eric. John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know what he said in John 15? Remember that one? First five verses? First five verses of John 15 said, God is the gardener, and Jesus is the vine dresser, and you're the branch. And if you don't stay connected to the vine, you can't do squat. Think about that. Take the bread. More Jesus. That's how you have a wonderful life. Be different in a God kind of way that you're seeking more Jesus, not seeking more power, money, time off, fun. Yeah, seek more Jesus first. The cup. Let me pray. God, I think we've got it. Everybody listened. We all took a few notes. And we're all believers. In this room, I know, we're all believers. And probably those that are online tonight, they're believers too. They follow Jesus as their Savior. But man, we've still got some stains in the carpet of our life that we need to get rid of. We've tried to make a clean cut, but we haven't always been able to do that. We've tried to make a complete commitment to your mission for us but we got distracted. We got busy. And we're trying to be this kind of version that we're continually working on this better person that I could be, but sometimes we forget that that's the mission we're on. So God, would you forgive us when we've let it go, when we've slipped a bit, when we've got lost and wandered away like the sheep? May you be the good shepherd that finds the one lost sheep. If it's even, even if it's us who are here tonight and we're a believer, would you help us get found again, get us back on track? And then if we've got there, if we've gotten there tonight or it happens soon, would we be the person that you'd send to get somebody in our own house maybe, somebody that we're going to see tonight, they haven't got the, the thing started in their life yet. Might we talk to them about things that really matter? Help us do that somehow. Give us the wisdom and courage to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Drop the cups in the little basket there and uh, put your offering in there if you can too. And I'm going to step out of the way and we're going to sing another song and hope to see you guys soon in person. And uh, We're in this together. We really are better together. Thank you, guys.